Hey, September 6th, 2023. I am at Joel Pearl, and of course, it is time to go in the weeds. How are you feeling? How are you doing? How are you living? How are you surviving? It's hot out there, at least where I am. Jeremy, I don't know if it's hot where you are, but it's it's hot, okay? It's very hot, and I hope everyone's doing okay. Jeremy Lambert is here, as he always is. We got a lot of show today, but of course, I got to ask, how you doing, Jeremy Lambert? How you doing? It's 80 degrees here. Is that real feel? Now the real feel is 83. Okay. Uh, 77 feels like 91. Wow. Yeah. The humidity is at 70%. We're, yeah, we're at 75%. So there you go. We're not too far from each other, but it's hot. Okay. Riveting conversation here to begin in the weeds on <laughs> September 6th. Well, there's nothing else going on. Like, let's face it. CM Punk is... is gone he's, he's left aew dominated the news cycle for so long and now we just we don't have anything to talk about so like the weather i'm just gonna spend an hour on the weather for this show i mean i could vamp for an hour on the weather it would suck but we could do it really beef up that demo reel i'm working on go for it Anyway, uh, let's not. Instead, let's tell people that, uh, and I'm sure I'll tell you again, in about an hour's time, Impact World Champion Alex Shelley is going to join us. We're going to talk about Victory Road this Friday and Impact 1000. That's uh, being taped on Saturday, September the 9th. They're going to be in White Plains, New York. We're very excited to talk to Impact World Champion Alex Shelley at 11 a.m. Eastern. And of course, uh, you can go ahead, just drop a thumbs up now because I'm going to tell you again later and subscribe to us here on uh, Fightful Overbook because your subscriptions mean the world to me. That Jeremy's like, man, they're okay. But to me, they mean everything. Jeremy wants your super chats. Any amount. Of I don't get any of that money anyway. You can. I want you to PayPal me directly. That's what I want. I don't. You can send super chats. That's very nice. Appreciate that. That pays our contributors uh, uh, here on the the website or the the YouTube channel. You can subscribe. That's great. That always looks good for analytics and, and algorithms and everything. None of this benefits me. You want to benefit me and my my children and my family. It's my birthday in a week and two days. PayPal me directly. That's what you can do. PayPal.me slash Joel Pearl. That's what you should send it to. I'll make sure Jeremy gets the money. I will. Don't do that. Joel's an untrustworthy Canadian. What are you talking about? Everybody loves me. As all Canadians, uh, there's a former Impact World Champion who doesn't love you, and I'm going to try to make sure that the current Impact World Champion doesn't love you. I don't think Shelly has a bone of hatred in his body, and I know you're going to go seeking, seeking it out. But I also know that Steve Macklin is a coward, so we got that going for us. There are 206 bones in the human body. Brian Danielson can wrestle with 205 of them working. And I'm going to find one in Alex Shelley that dislikes you. Which one do you think it is? The femur? Potentially. My PayPal is at Jeremy Lambert's 88. That's my PayPal. There you go. Same as the Twitter he tells you not to follow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't follow me on Twitter. That should be my new bit. Don't follow me on Twitter. Send me money. That works for me. Uh, we got, we, listen, we, we do have a good amount of stuff to talk about. I mean, Raw was, uh, Raw brought out some, some interesting stories coming out of payback and uh, NXT brought something that I think you and I 
thought would happen a little bit later, and that is Becky Lynch showing up. We knew she would show up. That was that was inevitable. But I don't think we expected a match between Tiffany Stratton and Becky to take place next week already. That was uh, that was unexpected. What do you think of that whole shenanigan? We kind of theorized that it might be on that Tuesday when they're against AEW, which is a month from now, not next week. Um, but it's going to happen next week. Now I'm back in on the Cody on NXT during that that Tuesday when they're up against AEW. That's that's what I'm going all in on. We're having Cody on NXT for Title Tuesday against AEW. It's a it's a good opportunity for Tiffany Stratton. I'm very curious how this plays out because I don't think Stratton's really losing the title, but you can't super afford to be Becky. I don't think after her beating Trish Trish in the cage match. So I'm wondering what they, they might do. It's the main event as well. You would think you're not going to get a screwy finish in the main event, but maybe you are. I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm very curious. Do you think they just put the title on Becky and maybe they do the rematch on that? AEW uh, when they're up against AEW and that way they, they give it a month build and they get another shot with Becky there. Well, they have, they have a pay-per-view or they have a PLE in the meantime, right? They have no mercy at the end of September. So that's a whole other can of worms that they have to work on. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, well, what if you make it a trilogy? What if the first match that they're going to do on Tuesday ends in a no contest? Someone gets involved. The Cavendish twins. Cavender, Cavendish is a mall in Montreal. The Cavender, Cavendish, Cavendish is like they, they they make food, but they're also a mall in Montreal. Very well known. Anyway, the Cavender twins who are getting used to getting punched in the face comfortably. So uh, if they if maybe they join Tiffany Stratton, I've been saying that one for a little while. That's 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 a team I want. That's trios I want. But uh, do that and then go into No Mercy, have Becky and uh, and Tiffany round two, and then round three be a title Tuesday possibly i i could potentially see that that happening but i don't know if i don't know i don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna book this out i think that i think becky should win have the title for however long she's gonna have the title i just don't know about beating becky in, in these matches i i guess it's early enough to where you can have her lose here. And then it seems like Becky and Rhea is the long-term plan, right? Becky Rhea at WrestleMania. It doesn't seem like Rhea is losing that title anytime soon. They really built any challengers for her to lose that title. Becky's about the only person there. Can you hold off to mania for that? You're going to have to, unless you do it at survivor series. But if you're doing that at survivor series, I'm probably not beating Becky uh in the in early october if you're holding off till mania fine you can have becky lose to to tiffany stratton um and two out of three two out of three times maybe she just pulls a charlotte and just loses a triple threat match and then doesn't get pinned then she'll return the favor at some point yeah the that press conference is going to be fantastic triple h can tell everyone we're okay everything's gonna everything's gonna work out in the end and make plenty of sense <laughs> I promise there's no global it pain. did it did. Rhea finally got her win back against Charlotte years down the line in, in front of way more people. Long-term storytelling. That's what it was. Yeah. You're right. Uh, I Here's my thing. I, I'm not the biggest fan of putting the NXT titles on multiple main roster talent. 
at the same time because Dominic Mysterio still has the North American Championship. He could lose it at no mercy to Mustafa Ali, which is hilarious. But uh, Or they make it a three-way because it's possible that after the finish they did last night that they'll make it a three-way. Um, but that being said, it, it feels like if they get the title off of Dominic, then they'll probably just transfer one main roster star holding a title to another, and that's going to be Becky holding the women's title. She's never held the NXT Women's Championship. That's kind of like a special thing that's still left on her bingo card. And it's not a bad thing, but I just don't love the idea of main roster talent coming back to NXT to to capture championships and then eventually lose them in like this weird, I'm putting over the new talent type of way because it doesn't always work out that way. I think if you're actually putting over the talent, it's fine. I'm I'm fine if Becky comes, wins the title, and then loses to Tiffany Stratton. There is no triple threat match nonsense that, to where she loses the belt. If she gets pinned by Tiffany Stratton, that's a great uh, feather for, for Stratton. So I'm fine with it if you're actually going to come in there. You want to win the title, great. It They obviously want to continue to elevate NXT and those ratings uh, to boost those and everything as they continue to do their media negotiations, their rights negotiations, and things like that. But then, yeah, actually put somebody over. So with Dominic, if you're going to do a triple threat match, and and I realize you know uh, Mustafa Ali and and Dragon Lee are kind of established as it is. Ali's been on the main roster for however long, and then then Dragon Lee had the, the cachet coming in off of new japan and the independence and everything but if dominic's actually gonna lose to one of these guys then okay fine like that that's that's good that he comes in there puts one of these guys over if they but if they do this triple threat nonsense where nobody gets pinned new day was a, a good example right like new day came in and then they worked with pretty pretty deadly and stuff uh but then they did the the four-way match did they take the fall in that though I, that's what I can't remember if they took a, a the fall in that four way match. I have to go back and like look at our our recap, um, or maybe somebody in the chat will remember. But they did the the big four way match. I feel like they did put over they put over Gallus, which okay, Gallus was sort of already established as well. the The main thing is you just got to put these talents over. That you can't do the triple threat where the the main roster title or the main roster talent loses the titles without actually taking a fall because that all that does that helps NXT as far as like ratings and visibility and stuff, but it doesn't help the people in NXT get any type of boost. I just got a, uh, an email from PayPal. Um, Pro wrestling podcast, our friend Dave sent me a dollar 30 and said, and I quote, please see that Jeremy gets this. LOL. It's a dollar 30 Canadian, by the way. All right. Well, you've been called out on air that everyone knows it, and I will let everyone know if you if you give me this money or not. And if you don't, then you are a liar and not a good person and not a trustworthy person. So I hope you are ready for that to be on your head. Okay, that's fine. Um, it looks like New Day did lose the fall in that tag right. match. I'm just reading. Get on couple, then. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm reading a couple of uh, of things. Uh, and by the way, I can't believe the the triple A erasure you have going on for Dragon Lee here. I said Independence, <laughs> New Japan Independence. You know, it's the yeah. same. Yeah. So okay, th- this is this kind of plays in the Peggy Lynch stuff and the media rights negotiations 
this is something that I think we've talked about here, or at least I've brought up uh, before. I I just have a feeling, and again, I'm no, no source reporting. It's just a feeling that I have. Uh, they WWE thinks that whatever they expected to get for Raw and SmackDown in an upgrade in, in fees isn't necessarily what they're going to get. And instead, they're focusing on NXT and getting a lot more money for that. And how do they do that? Put a lot of talent there, boost the ratings, make it make it a, a, a very popular show. And they've been doing it. You've been seeing the ratings kind of, you know, start to rise and the quality of the program start to go as well. I think for those who have been following NXT for the last little while, there was a time where it was like, now we're done here. This this is not working. But lately, over the last few months, NXT has kind of re-blossomed into a much more cohesive show. It still has some of the like worst acting, but it's almost hokey in a funny way. There was a segment last night where you had like all the tag teams suddenly showing up in the Diamond Mine gym. And then you've got Tony D doing curls and stacks being like, hey, in the clink, you must have done all the things. And he's like, ah, I'm doing arm curls now. And he's got like a, a one pound weight in his hand. Stuff like that is silly shit. And it's so stupid, but it gets over with the audience. For that, it works, but that's what NXT's become. It's become better wrestling than 2.0, but the characters from 2.0 still persist. And as a result, like the acting isn't good, but at least it's it's there. Uh, so I, I do give them marks for that. There are moments where I walk out of a segment or finish watching a segment, and I'm just like, that was silly. I like it. Let's go. So I do think that if Becky Lynch does walk out with that NXT Women's Championship, then they're really hoping that whatever money they can get for NXT comes from, you know, having main roster talent up here, hold their titles while they're still in the negotiations. That's just where my brain's at. They had a murder on television last night. Allegedly. Allegedly. He was taken off on the stretcher. I I don't, I don't recall if he moved or not, but uh, yeah, Braun Breaker is just killing people out here. Another cliffhanger. For NXT, we had Carmelo going into Sean's office last week. Now we have the fade to black Sopranos ending to last night with a uh, Braun Breaker murdering allegedly Von Wagner. Not just that, he broke him. He Braun broke him. Braun Breaker as a heel has been very good, and he's probably due. He's going to be in India apparently for the superstar spectacle. Uh, on Friday, I would like to see him get up to the main roster at this point. There ain't much he can do in NXT because he ain't winning the title again or anything. So now it's just going to be a heel, but not going after the world title. Unless you're going to put the North American title on him after like Ali wins it or something, or even Dragon Lee, either one. You can go Braun Breaker North American title, but he's found himself more with this heel persona. And I think he's more main roster ready as a heel than he was just kind of, I don't know, he wasn't plucky underdog baby face, but he was just kind of uh, monster baby face. But monster heel works a lot better for him. It does. And the size works better for him being a monster heel. The way that honestly, just harken back to, to his uncle Scott, it's, just a better character for him to play is, you know, offshoot of his uncle than anything else. Cause it just, it's, it's more entertaining. It's more fun. Uh, and, and he does play it well and it's believable that he is this, you know, I, I hate the, the meaner than evil tag that he was using for a long time. Cause I think evil was very upset about that in so far that he stole the title, but instead you've got uh, this, this brown breaker is 
I, I agree with you more ready for main roster than the baby face Braun breaker. That guy still needs to find himself, but this bad guy, this, this badass Braun breaker with the beard that's working for me. And it's doing really well. It's doing really good stuff. If he's going to India, that's great. I think that's really going to be his big look. See, you know, is this, is this his opportunity? Absolutely. And is he going to do the best uh, that he can with it? That's obviously up to him and, and what comes out of a uh, superstar spectacle. But yeah, I'm looking forward to, to his career trajectory because whatever happened last night doing the, the, the sudden cut was really, really good stuff. And it's, it's a little, again, a little silly, a little hokey, but it's, it works because here we are talking about it and we're not just blindly making fun of it as if it was the dumbest thing ever. I mean, how many, how often do we see guys who find themselves as a heel after guys and girls after a baby face run, maybe just doesn't work out. The rock is obviously the, the most famous example where they try blue chipper Rocky Maivia. And then once he became the rock, everything took off and then he could do, you know, anything he wanted after that, I'm not saying Braun Breaker is going to be the rock, but you know, he was fine as a baby face. I think he had more success kind of as a baby face than, than rock did different circumstances. Obviously he was in front of a uh, hundred people at the performance center, the rocks debuting at Madison square garden. Um, but you know, he really found himself as a, as a heel Dominic Mysterio, another one, baby face. It was like, eh, okay, you're Ray son. Great. Good for you. Like didn't really fully connect with anybody becomes heel and now he's getting piped in booze every single week and people uh love to love to hate him on that so this happens with a a lot of people of the babyface run is what it is and then once they they become heel uh it works out just they really start to define themselves as a character and a personality and then if and when they go back to a babyface it retranslates uh and they're they're a better babyface because of they've learned how to connect a little bit better with the audience just as a heel. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I don't really have anything to add to that because it's uh, yeah, it's true. It's the way it is. Dom is uh, Dom is, he's, he's just grown leaps and bounds. And I've, I've said this a hundred million times, the people that he finds himself with on a weekly daily basis are the right people for him to be surrounded by young people. Yeah. Not super young, but people who have longevity in the business, but are also still kind of figuring out the WWE way minus Finn Balor. Who's been around. It's hilarious thinking that Finn Balor is the elder statesman of this group when like Finn's only been, well, he's been with WWE for almost 10 years now. So, you know, you've got, uh, Damien Priest, I almost called him Punishment Martinez, because I was thinking of how long, again, these people have been in the professional wrestling game. A lot of these people are like, they're, they're figuring it out while they have it figured out. And I think that having Dom with them is the perfect matchup. Uh, when he was with his dad, like, how much can you really learn from Ray? You can, let me rephrase. It's not about what you can learn from, from Ray Mysterio, because one of the greatest performers of all time. But I and and um a shout out to Cody Diener, actually, because I'm listening to his podcast. It's very good. Uh, I'll talk about that in a minute. But he mentioned, you know, when he approached Arn Anderson uh, during his like WWE tryouts, he's like, what what can I do to get hired? Like, what can I do? And and Arn basically said, you know, set yourself out from set yourself apart from everyone else. And Diener says, I can't be Rey Mysterio because I'm not his size and I'm not 
his style. I can't be Big Show or Paul White because I'm not seven foot two. I'm like, I'm not that size. So I have to find the thing that makes me different from everyone else. And then what he does next is whatever. That's not really important to the story. But what is, is that Dominic Mysterio is not five foot one and running around the ring with the abilities of his father. So what do you do? You put him with a bunch of like-minded people who are young to the business and figuring more out. And it works. And his dad's still there. And I'm sure his dad's still coaching him to this day. And it's wonderful to see the development of Dominic Mysterio. It ain't perfect, but you can see a lot of a lot of good character work coming up. He's, he's learning. He's learning, but obviously not from Rey Mysterio, because what can you really learn from, from he's, Rey Mysterio? That's right. He's, just, he's just useless now. Rey Mysterio just doesn't give us anything. What, is he, what, what has Rey Mysterio ever done in this industry, huh? What has he ever done? Senor Nerd makes a good point. John Cena, yeah, he came up with like plucky, ruthless aggression, baby face, and then he found himself as the doctor of Thugonomics heel rapper, and then he went back to baby face, and they still wanted to boo him. Uh, and now he's uh, fighting the Miz because we can't see him. So, yeah, so many guys have become uh, started as baby faces and then really found themselves as heels. Those boos are piped in, though. Okay, those boos. Are piped in. People need to realize this. It's getting frustrating and annoying online. Look at all the heat Dom has. It's easy to generate heat when they just press a button every single week. I do want to go and see if they're actually I, I like how much of the split is the arena and the piped in booze. Because there is there's a certain amount of the arena that really does legitimately love to boo Dominic. Sure. I don't sure. think. I, I obviously I think that it's a little over the top with the amount that's piped in, but come on, like there is some good stuff when they do it. Like he has to shout over everyone. Like there's some some good bits that come from it. Yeah, but we don't know anymore because they've just gotten so used to piping them in. Like they've been doing this for weeks now, and it's it's very noticeable, and it's very annoying. Just let him get the heat that he's going to get. But they he got the legitimate booze, the legitimate heat. For, for a time, and they're like, oh, this is great. We love this. And now they just can't help themselves but to run into the ground of like, we need to just do this every single week. And now it's just, it just becomes hokey and fake. And it's it's not as fun. It's just, it's Thunderdome booze. It's not fun if you're gonna, if you're gonna manufacture the, the heat like this. It's when it's authentic, it's great. When you're just going to press a button, it's like, oh, this is stupid. I always think about that when wrestlers used to have to basically work in an empty space with zero reaction. Even when it was piped in, they couldn't hear anything. Some, I think some wrestlers requested that it be piped in, but either way, it was like this very strange time, Thunderdome and all that. But uh, I do remember it was such a pain in the ass. And yeah, it was probably the best and worst thing that ever happened in the... Uh, in the pandemic was like, Oh, we can further control the booing and the cheering. And then it was like, yeah, but we can also really control the cheering and the booing. And then it just became the way it is. It's not great. They're going to start piping in the LA night pop and it's going to be very annoying. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. LA night seems from everything I know is getting real reactions. They're not piping anything in on him. And I hope they just continue to just let that roll. Let the audience be the audience. Don't, don't press a button for the television audience at home to try to manipulate things. The audience, they're there. They're reacting. They're doing great. Like, 
You know, you know what I mean? Like you're getting, you're drawing big crowds, the like crowds into a lot of the stuff that they're doing right now. You don't need to try to further it by hitting a button. But the buttons are what works best. Like when they leave a thumbs up on the video. That's Fine cool. transition there, Joel. Thank you. I'm glad I did it. Let's talk about Gunther because that's on the thumbnail of this video. Uh, it looks like the Intercontinental Championship reign continues. It does. Not looks like. It does. And that he will be breaking the record on Friday. Uh, barring any SmackDown, he shows up and has a random match against, I don't know, LA Knight. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. He still he still he breaks still the record. record. What? Is it Thursday yeah. that he breaks it? Oh, okay. I thought it was Friday. No. It depends on who you listen to. The five fifty-four, or sorry, four. I I don't. I'm bad with numbers. Four fifty-four is the cage match Wikipedia record. So that honky tonk man has. So four fifty-five would be Friday. So Friday midnight breaks the record. WWE recognizes it as at least on their latest graphic was four fifty-three. So if that's where your recognition is, then uh, it would be Thursday that he breaks it. Basically, wait until Thursday, and then when if WWE puts out their big graphic, congratulations, Gunther, longest Intercontinental Champion of all time, then that's when they're recognizing it as the record broken. If they don't say anything on Thursday, then Friday is when they're going to to recognize him. Regardless, unless he loses, there's no live event, so it's done. It's broken broken unless i don't know somebody breaks into gunther's house with a referee and is like fight me right here put the intercontinental title on the line and then they beat gunther like that's the only way he's gonna not break the record i think it was i think someone on nxt should have called him out last night and you should have gotten a a random one-off gunther appearance that you were not expecting and i don't know bait bait was there he's facing like dabocado last night but like bait should have come out and called him out and done a match last night. I know that would have meant some stuff had to be, be cut, but I would have just done an impromptu match with Gunther, someone trying to prevent him from breaking the record. Is he on the India show on Friday? <laughs> I don't see him. Being... May, I mean, but again, India oh, no, he is, ahead, he's, so. he's in the main. He's in the main, but it's a triple threat. Oh. Or it's, it's, it's a uh, trios match. Is it again? Who? Wasn't that the Seth match? No, it's Seth and Cena against Vinci and Kaiser. Oh, they have Gunther also on the the poster with them. Well, I assume because he's like in their corner, but they actually just have Kaiser and Gunther and not Vinci. (laughs) So that's weird. It was never, it wasn't Gunther at first. So maybe they've changed it. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He, uh, It doesn't look like he'll have another Intercontinental Championship match between now and the time he breaks the record. A wild Dana Brooke would just be awful. Just awful. She'd be dressed she in all black. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Louis. Louis <laughs> also sent me a Dana. PayPal. Louis sent me a PayPal. Said, Did he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, just uh, a couple minutes ago, and it says, and I quote. Where you- are you seeing this graphic? Hold on. Where are you seeing this graphic? Oh, on WWE's website, on the Superstar Spectacle poster, it has Gunter and Kaiser. I I will send it to you in the private chat. This is the direct WWE event poster. 
I don't even see this on their website anywhere. Riveting stuff. That I know this is it. We're going to have Alex Shelley on the show in a half hour, and that's going to really pick up the, uh, the pace here. I promise. We won't be looking at posters of superstar spectacle. We'll be looking at posters of impact victory road and impact 1000. Oh, Joel, 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 Joel. What Jeremy? <sighs> This is just the like overall poster. Yes, thing. I was saying that's what I was saying is featured on the poster is not I'm not saying Kaiser's not going or that uh, Vinci's not going. I'm just saying he's not on the poster. John and Cena's he, not even on this poster. You made it sound yeah. like it this was like the match graphic. No, 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 no. I was talking about the event. I specifically said the event poster. Now who's not listening? Huh? Huh? You're bad with words. I am not bad with words. Yeah. I come here every time professionally worded up, ready for let's, more. Pudding. Let's clarify for everybody. As of now, Gunther does not have a match at Superstar Spectacle. He is, I guess, cornering Kaiser and Vinci. All right? that That's what's happening at this point. He might not even be there. I know he's on the main poster but you know what in the match graphic for uh indisure against uh sammy and and kevin jinder mahal is in the the background of that so he's basically cornering them while in the match poster for seth and cena against vinci and kaiser there is no gunther on that so maybe he does have a match on the show he's on the main poster as joel i guess correctly pointed out but john cena is not even on that poster so yeah we know these posters are subject to change we know this anyway gunther's breaking the record on friday okay everybody yes he's breaking the record when they didn't do it with chad gable it was very clear that they were going to have him break the record and it's been good and honky tonk man's going to go cry at a convention about how he's still the best intercontinental champion of all time even though he's the longest or whatever the hell he's going to call himself. And I'm sure he'll talk all about how back in his day, wrestlers were better trained than he was, uh, or better trained than they are now. That's just what he does. So this Gunter Intercontinental Championship reign has been, in a lot of ways, really good. Uh, In a lot of ways, I'm hoping that more challengers start to present themselves. Like who? The question still remains, who is the guy who is going to take that title from Gunter, who's not named Dana Brooke? Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. I don't know if we're going to get that person until 
maybe I don't know if anybody's going to beat him at Survivor Series. Gable would have been the right call if he wasn't so close to the record because Gable got over. They had uh, you know good good outings against each other, and you would you would have struck under normal circumstances. You would have struck on Gable then, but three days away from the record, four days away from the record, you're you're not going to put the title on Gable. Can you build Gable back up to beat him at Mania? Yeah, you can you can do that. I do hope we get something new from Gunther because I'm not saying this title reign has been bad. That would be disingenuous of me to say like this reign has been awful. No, we've gotten some really great matches out of this title reign. Like every, you look at the list, everything has been a really good match from Gunther. But like Drew and Sheamus are kind of standout challengers. And then no, nobody else really felt super important from just off the top of my head. I know he faced like Braun. He faced, and again, this is a fine match. He faced Ray at one point. Riddle, I, I never bought Riddle actually beating him. Drew and Gunther, or Drew and, and Sheamus were the guys like, okay, they've built and this makes some sense of where he might lose. And then Gable would have if it wasn't so close to, to the record. But I think it's interesting that he's held this title for this long. He's about to break the record. And he's only made like 15 defenses it's really not that lot not a lot in the the grand scheme of things for how long he's actually held the title and then you look at the opponents on top of that it's just a lot of repeat opponents for for part of it like gable's on there twice mcintyre and sheamus are on there twice sheamus is on there three times and Four. one was a triple threat match yeah one yeah. one was a triple threat match um you know, there's just some ricochets on there twice. Like, there's just some repeated opponents there. It, it's it's been match quality wise very good rain. Challenger and credibility quality wise probably could have been better. See, when I saw this match, this should have been the one that ended it. That should have been it. When they did Mad Cat Moss in Montreal, and I was there, that was the match. Should have been the time, but instead, actually, that ended up being a really fun match. I think a lot of people uh, underestimated how good Madcap Moss is as a performer, and him and Gunter had a good, like, beat em up 10 minute TV match. So that was fun. But yeah, you're right. There were multiple Seamus matches, Drew matches, a lot of repeat uh, challengers. So that's why I kind of wondered does a new challenger emerge? Do we go back to Gable after a little bit? Is it Jay Uso now that he's on Monday Night Raw? There's so, someone is going, listen, everyone is after Jey Uso right now, except for Gunter. So if Jey Uso goes after the one guy who's not outwardly being like, I want to beat your ass, then that might be fun to watch at least like the attempt of Jey Uso winning the Intercontinental Championship. And also it would work because, you know, we're trying to build main event Jey Uso. And if he's not going to beat Seth for the World Heavyweight Championship, the Intercontinental Championship's a pretty good uh, secondary prize for now, right? What I don't want is for him to lose the title like on Monday after breaking the record. Because then it just feels like you did it just 
to break the record. That's why I, I actually want this reign to continue a little bit longer. Continue it to Survivor Series. That's end of November. That's that's another two and a half months, really almost three months. Continue it to WrestleMania. You do that, then you really establish uh, the, this record, and you really add to the reign. I, I want it. I want it to continue past. I don't want it to just be like, oh, here comes Jey Uso or even Gable or somebody. Give me one more shot. Jey Uso's like, you know what? This is the belts I'm going after. And then he just beats him. On my- I don't want that. Have this reign continue until you got the right guy to beat him. And then you got the right plan for him after this as well. Because that's going to be a big point too. Is Gunther at some point is going to lose the title. It's not going to hold it forever. What's the plan after he loses the title because after a reign like this it should elevate and if you want to harken back to the the old school days of of wwe and that's what they've tried to invoke a little bit with this belt when you lost that intercontinental title you were then elevated to that um and so if gunther loses when gunther loses should probably be elevated to the seth rollins level and going after seth assuming seth still has the title yeah, I, and I agree with that. I'm, I'm thinking, I was like, man, Braun Breaker would have been a good spot, but obviously he is the heel right now, so it would just be, unless you have like badass Braun Breaker suddenly turns Gunter, but I don't think that works uh, in terms of just the death chart of WWE. There's no one on the NXT roster, other than Ilya Dragunov, by the way, and that's a good little piece of storytelling that you could use because Dragunov always having Gunter's number in big-time title matches with big-time reigns I wouldn't hate that if you're really trying to build towards the future of both these guys in WWE heavyweight territory, uh, that in main event territory. So that would work for me. But other than that, there's no one that I'm looking at immediately being like, he's going to win. And if it's like the Miz beats Gunter and ends the reign, that would just be very frustrating for a lot of people. I know some of us, the chaos demons in us would probably just laugh and enjoy every minute of it. But I don't think storytelling wise that it would work or make much sense. That's that's just kind of where I'm at with that. <laughs> that's a, if you want to upset your audience and throw away a lot of goodwill that you've built up through the past year or so with Gunther over over a year now. He won the title last June. Having him lose to the Miz would be a very sure way of of doing that. Really having him lose to. I don't want to say anyone because you know there there are certain people who could who could make it work, but yeah, Miz. No offense, like Dolph Ziggler ain't been on like television or anything like that. Like it's just you gotta you gotta put someone in that position who hasn't been in that position. Miz is a been there, done that person. Dolph Ziggler, a been there, done that person. Sheamus would be a guy who might be a been there, but he has not done that. That's the one title that eludes him and that he wants and you know people thought it would have been a great moment at clash and it would have but they clearly had a more long-term plan with gunther and i don't think you know a year later they were wrong for for going with the way they have gone you know have they done sheamus too much of has he just lost too much to where people aren't going to buy it maybe but then this is why if you can hold off until wrestlemania by that point you build sheamus up enough you're a year after Sheamus's kind of last challenge for the title, which was the the triple threat match. That was the last time he challenged Gunther for the title. You're a year removed 
from that. I think you could build it up to where it's Sheamus at WrestleMania and you give Sheamus not only the moment of winning the title that he has not won, but ending Gunther's streak. Is Sheamus the right guy because he's not a really long-term play that like Sheamus is kind of made. He's at where he's at. People still like Sheamus. They get into Sheamus, but he's not, he's not someone who needs the intercontinental title. Not, not, not necessarily needs the intercontinental title needs to end this streak because ending this streak matters just as much as in winning the intercontinental title, like ending the reign matters just as much as that. And Sheamus doesn't necessarily need that kind of victory on there it's it's almost to the reigns level of winning the title and stuff is nice but when someone's held the title this long just beating that person means just as much as holding that title and you gotta have the right guy in mind to actually beat these people so it's funny as you're saying you know we can do Sheamus Gunter Wrestlemania because of the long-term arc of Sheamus needing that one title that saluted him I think to myself why does it always have to be WrestleMania? You know, we keep we keep trying to book all these stories to the end of WrestleMania or or just think of it to then. What if this is a Royal Rumble conclusion? What if this sure. is Sheamus beats Gunter at, at Royal Rumble and then Gunter with a chip on his shoulder having just lost the Intercontinental Championship I just monsters his way to a victory at the Rumble? Because I don't think Gunther's winning the Rumble, that's why. Who do you have winning the Rumble at this point? You still have Cody as a two-time? Yeah. Why? And I ask that seriously. I, I, yeah, I, I'm asking that seriously. I'm not asking like, uh, why? It's more like, what, what's, your, what's your reasoning? He's got to finish the story. Cody, bless him. I don't know if he's going to SmackDown. Like They're, they're getting trade compensation for, for Jey Uso. Now, we kind of talked about that on Monday. Like, Would they do a trade? Because otherwise, t- SmackDown's lacking a little bit here. Cody makes sense. Uh, I've seen people, and I think this is what it will likely end up being. Miz is feuding with Cena, invisible Cena on Raw. Miz is still kind of feuding with LA Knight. You just put Miz on on SmackDown. And I I think that's where they end up going more than Cody, if I'm being honest. I think it's more likely that Kevin Owens ends up being the guy and they just split up Sammy and KO for a while while Sammy and Jay be friendly. Cause I don't know if you want to start a KO turning heel program right now, whereas you can use some baby faces over on, uh, on SmackDown and uh, like a main event baby face and KO would be a pretty good one to have around. I mean, that's LA Knight. LA Knight's the main event baby face on smackdown i'm I, i'm fine with kevin owens if, if that's who it is i think he would be a very good fit on smackdown there's a lot of stuff you can do with kevin owens on on smackdown the miz is the miz they they there's so much trust there and because you are doing the cena stuff miz cena's on smackdown for seven weeks he ain't on raw for seven weeks you can only get so much mileage out of Miz doing invisible Cena every week. He already beat him up. He left him laying. Cena going to get his heat back on Raw. Invisible Cena. Miz is going to beat himself up with the invisible Cena out there. I think we're going to see a lot of Miz on SmackDown moving forward. And I think they're going to explain it that that's what the compensation. Okay. But what happens to 
the Grayson Waller effect. And and again, I ask that seriously because each side, Ron SmackDown, have some sort of talk show segment that they go with. Grayson Waller effect is one that's very popular on SmackDown. Miz TV is the one that exists on Raw. I'm not going to tell you who's popular or not, but it exists uh, typically around the 10 o'clock hour. So then we get to the crossover for hour three, but it exists. What do you do with that? Because you've now lost one of your anchoring talk shows on Monday Night Raw. You do the KO show on Monday. You do the, the KO and Sammy show on Monday if you need to. You just you balance out when you do a Miz TV, when you do a Grayson Waller effect. Like you figure this stuff out. That's or you just have Grayson Waller do the Grayson Waller effect with special guest Miz on some weeks, and then Miz and maybe Grayson Waller starts something. You you figure it out. I'm just my expectations are Miz. You know I like to keep my expectations low, Joel. And I, I like Miz. I thought. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying I like Miz. I thought the segment on Monday was very good. I thought it was very funny. I liked it. Um, thought Miz was fantastic in the, uh, that segment. But I'm not going to expect a, a Kevin Owens or a Cody Rhodes out of this. I think Miz, when you're looking at where things are going, makes the most sense because he is feuding with LA Knight and John Cena. So it's just an easy transition to put him on SmackDown for this. That's the only reason that's my, that's why that my expectations are what they are. If they go, if they just have Miz show up on SmackDown because anybody can show up at any time who cares about the draft. And then they actually do give me a Kevin Owens or a Cody on SmackDown. Great. I'm for that. I think, I think that's a better move, but based on these current storylines, my expectations it's just it's Miz, and he's saying, I wanted to come to SmackDown and call out Cena and continue to feud with LA Knight. So that's my expectations. Getting back to your original question of Cody. Bless Cody. He's done a fantastic job of staying over after WrestleMania when it could have just been an easy, this dude's a loser. Who cares? He The, the Brock feud, he did absolutely everything he could with that the reactions are still great everything is still coming up cody on merchandise sales everything and you got to pay this off and mania is obviously the time to absolutely pay it off um so that's why i think he just he wins the rumble again he goes uh he he goes on to to wrestlemania and he actually beats roman reigns so that's why i think cody is, is the guy to win the rumble gunther might be the guy to win elimination chamber and face seth at, at, at wrestlemania or whoever holds the title i don't think seth is honestly keeping it until mania i think seth is losing it before then he might lose it at, at royal rumble honestly um but gunther might be an elimination chamber winner and then he goes That's- on to mania to challenge for the raw title it's funny because my brain says Cody wins Elimination Chamber because he's got it because he just won the Rumble last year. So going back to that, it's like it's just a different approach to a story that he's, they just started going last year. He's going one this year, baby. Cody's going one to, to 30 and winning it all. He was 30 last year. That was the criticism, right? Yeah. Oh, Cody came in last and he got to face Gunther when Gunther was all beat up and everything. Now Cody's going wire to wire, baby. I get that. I, I But I also have a feeling that if they do Elimination Chamber with Cody and he wins, 
that Cody comes in as the first guy, not the first guy, like he comes in as one of the first um, in-ring participants and starts the match and basically plow, not plows through everyone, but certainly goes through most of the field en route to winning the Elimination Chamber and getting a shot at WrestleMania, getting the Roman Reigns match. If Okay, but if you win the Rumble, why the hell are you not taking the Roman match? I think that's stupid. If you win the Rumble and you're like, oh... No, I want to face this guy over here. No, you you want the Roman match because you know one Roman having that title. That's the biggest title. That's that's the that's the mountaintop. You also know you're getting that main event spot. Yeah, that ain't guaranteed if you're facing whoever the Raw champion is. So, two, night, two nights of Mania. I understand that, but it's still not guaranteed. They, they might want to put a women's match on there. They might want to they did a tag team match. Last year, you know, Roman is the guarantee spot. I get it. I do. I listen. I totally get it. In my eyes, if let's say Seth Rollins is still the champion going into WrestleMania or coming out of the Royal Rumble and a heel wins the Royal Rumble, who happens to be for Monday Night Raw or maybe whatever, let's just say just a heel wins. I would want to go after Seth Rollins because he is the most beat up. Roman Reigns is not. That's it's a walk in the park for me to beat Seth Rollins. This guy's been hurting. This guy's been running himself if ragged. Seth Rollins, if Seth Rollins, if Seth Rollins holds this belt until WrestleMania, this beat up thing ain't paying too much off. Because if he's so beat up, how come no one's beat him yet? Well, because he keeps getting that adrenaline dump and he keeps winning these matches. You're going after Roman. That that's the guy you're going. Not oh, this guy is beat up. I don't think Seth is holding this belt till Mania anyway. Priest is cashing in at some point on this. So I don't think he's holding the belt all the way till WrestleMania. He might have it. He might lose it and win it back, but I don't think he's going to just have one continuous reign until WrestleMania. If the Royal Rumble winner doesn't pick Roman Reigns and they decide to go after whoever the Raw champion is, they're dumber than Nakamura saying, I'm waiting to bide my time and until the timing is right. He's right there in front of you. He's willing to give you the match. Just beat him. Roman's belt is more important. I'm seeing that in the chat. And it's true. I'm, I'm spitballing ideas because in certain ways, WWE has kind of done this before where they're just kind of, they'll, they'll make Roman look like the big guy, but then someone else is like, no, I hate this guy more. So I want him, you know, I want this guy. So it, that's why I put it out there. Gunter losing that intercontinental championship at the Royal Rumble to me makes sense. If he wins the Royal Rumble, that's one thing you can do. But him at least coming in with a chip on his shoulder, feeling a little bit more evil, setting up whatever his next program is, that would work for me at least. Whether he wins, that's that's a whole other story. I'm fine if Gunther loses the title before WrestleMania. I agree with you that you don't have to hold it off until WrestleMania. I think if it's someone like Sheamus, it makes sense because you're giving Sheamus that big moment at Mania winning the title that he doesn't have again a year later it's been a year since challenge i think it makes sense there if it's not sheamus you can do it at survivor series if you wanted to you could do it at rumble and then i think gunther going on to elimination chamber and winning that would make a lot of sense as well and then he go, that's how he goes after the the raw title i'm i'm even okay with like gunther winning the rumble i'm not mad at, at this at all but then one he's got to face roman because i think it's dumb otherwise and two i it just feels like it's cody's time still 
And I, I don't think they can afford to miss this again. They, they missed it this year and people were upset, but then Roman pulled it all back around because the, the Uso stuff was good leading into SummerSlam. And now who knows where we're really at. But by the time we get back to WrestleMania, people will be feeling the story again. And Roman will do the acknowledge me and Paul Heyman will be great. And they'll make everybody care again. You can't afford to, to screw over Cody and make Steven Jensen cry for two straight years. You can't do it. You just can't like missing the bus twice in a row <laughs> it just nobody's happy the second time you get belligerent the second time around so i get it i do we got a super chat from Lake black's hang and just need to say r.i.p to my boy von wagner <laughs> and yeah, we'll man. see we'll see van wagner yeah he's hey, hey look seth i'm not mad if what the title is the title seth winning the rumble and facing roman main event wrestlemania i understand people might not be too thrilled about that like when it happens because i think everybody's so on board with cody right now the seth story going into rumble what was it last year was excellent he didn't beat seth he got himself dq'd in that match i think there's a great story to tell still with seth and roman I'm not even mad if Seth wins the Rumble and goes on and faces and gets finally gets his headlining bouts at WrestleMania that he's been chasing, and he's the one to dethrone Roman. I ain't mad at that at all. And then you can do Cody and Seth because who's the guy that Seth has not beaten? Cody. So you could potentially do that. Has Seth Rollins ever been cashed in on? Can you think off the top of your head? Riveting. Ambrose cash in on him? I feel like it was. Or because I don't think Roman was cashed in on multiple times. I think it was yeah, just the I, I think I think that's the, the one time it might have happened. Okay. I was I was thinking, like, do you want to do a poetic justice thing where Damien Priest comes in at the end of a show? Do do not a re not a heist of the century thing, but like a do another match suddenly becomes a triple threat. Damien Priest comes in and wins the match, walks out with the world championship. It's another option you have. And then Seth can just go absolutely insane after that. And then be like, ah, you got me. Uh, and then they start a new feud between the two of them. That's possible. I don't know. I don't know when, uh, when the cash in is going to happen for, for a priest, you know, Rhea is telling him, even though Rollins is laid out and everything, Rhea is like, no, don't do it right now and and that didn't make you know too much uh sense but you know uh they're holding off with it he's got the new briefcase now i've seen people doing the the theory that um oh they switched the contract and seth is gonna or not seth finn is gonna like switch the contract out you're you're shaking your head go ahead did you see the digital uh short they literally they literally had Finn and Damien with both briefcases moving the contract into the purple briefcase. <laughs> and okay. then walking away. So like they tried, they closed that loop. And it's funny because you're not the first person to, to but, mention that. No. Okay. I understand they closed that loop for now, but are, is he going to still carry around the green briefcase? This is, so this is my thing is like, if he still carries around the briefcase, what's preventing 
Finn in a non-digital exclusive from putting the contract back in there. And then Finn cashes in the green briefcase and then he reveals, oh, look, I switched the contract out type of thing. Hate that idea. Hate that idea. It doesn't make sense. The guy who won the briefcase is the guy who gets the match, not whoever's just hanging on to the... Like, if, if that's the mentality, then Bailey could have cashed in and won the women's championship whenever she wanted because she held on to the briefcase sometimes. She wasn't smart you know, enough to do it. Well, I don't think any... I don't think it's a smart thing to do, period. I think that's just a really silly like a really silly workaround that doesn't even exist as a proper workaround. I think it's, I think it's a dumb, uh, it's a dumb storyline beat to try and do. And it just, it makes, it makes the audience look like idiots because we know who won the briefcase. That doesn't mean that whoever holds the briefcase physically in their hand are the ones who get the title shots. Like it's, it's for the person who won the match. No, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not saying I think this is a great idea or anything. I'm just throwing out there that this has been the theory for people. And you said that they, they closed it by switching the contract. And I said, well, they've done dumber things than, you know, Finn just switching it in a non-digital exclusive and then cashing in. Like, Andrew the Giant says someone else uh, can't cash in. Morrison did it and it got vetoed. I agree. Like, it should not happen this way. But oh, yeah, I, remember I don't that. put so- it past WWE. What? No, I was saying, yeah, I remember that with Morrison. Yeah, I remember that. That was silly. Yeah, I'm not saying it it should happen this way, but I'm not putting it past WWE to have Finn, you have the green briefcase, cash it in, the referee being like, what is going on here? And then he shows him the contract and he's like, oh, okay, he's got the contract. Let's, sure. And then Finn wins. I'm not putting anything past WWE. You can make up your own rules. It's wrestling. It's true. It's a it's a whiteboard. That's the rules of wrestling. It's just a whiteboard. <laughs> uh, Alex Shelley, Impact Wrestling World Champion, is going to be joining us in a couple of minutes. So tell your friends, okay? Tell them, tell them right now to come and tune in because uh, he's going to be live with us very shortly. Talking about Impact Victory Road and Impact One Thousand happening this weekend in White Plains, New York. Uh, Jeremy, as we kind of wind down on this WWE talk, is there anything else you want to get into? Because I do, I did love, I, and I kind of said this uh, earlier, the Jay Uso coming in, getting a huge, you know, ovation from the crowd and then having to basically go face to face with everyone that he has wronged during the bloodline story. I loved that piece of storytelling. I love that it's in there. Everyone's after him. Well, Drew is going after Cody if Jey Uso screws up because Cody is the one who brought him to Raw. That was a Sure, Drew. Let's you know blame the person who I'm Jay. I'm going after Drew and be like, it's this guy over here. Blame Cody, not me. Oh, that was something. Yeah, Dom was trying to get him into uh into um Judgment Day. So that was you know come on. We we're a fan. We're a welcoming family here at Judgment Day. No, Jay feels like a big deal. And there's some new life to him on Raw as a singles guy away from the bloodline. And yeah, it's good that they recognize that, hey, people are still kind of pissed at this dude for everything he's done over the past three years. So I think it's good. I'm I'm interested in see where, where it's going. He's uh I love his crowd rocker, man. The uh, you know, blow me motion over here. Yeah. First of all, Street so, Profits have been doing that one forever. So what are you talking about? True, but it ain't as over as Jey Uso doing. 50 Cent did it way, way back. That's where I first, I'm sure it happened way before that, but 50 Cent, when he was at his peak, was was doing that. So, yeah. It's the, the, it's the low rider. 
you know, that's that's the thing. If you say so. You say I so. do say so. That's just right. what I do. I, I like the idea, though, that uh, I, I want Jay to have to approach the Street Profits and be like, hey, I uh, I did this first. And Street Profits be like, no, no, this is us. Stop stealing our bit. And that's kind of what we do here. <laughs> we just we steal bits and we talk about it. <laughs> anyway, um, once once he settled, I'll ask for a thumbs up and then we can bring on our guest and we'll have a good time here. So here we uh, we're, we're excited. This is going to be a really good conversation coming up. Is that thumbs up? No, he's getting set, we're getting set up. This is the, the glory of live uh, internet podcast. <laughs> we'll wait a minute. Uh, Jeremy, is there anything you want to add before we uh, transition on? I'm very excited to talk to Alex Shelley, who's one of the most influential wrestlers, uh, singles, tag team personalities of all time. And, uh, you know, to come off as a fan, but it's one of my my favorite wrestlers that that I've ever had the pleasure of uh, watching compete. So I'm really looking forward to, to talking to Impact World Champion Alex Shelley. Yeah, looking forward to this conversation. And uh, yeah, when he's ready, we're going to bring him on. He's uh, just doing his thing right now. And we'll uh, we'll have a lot to talk to him about. I know that uh, Impact Victory Road is this Friday, September the 8th in White Plains, New York. The next night is Impact 1000, Saturday, September the 9th. Same place, White Plains, New York. Go check that out. Go go to the shows if you can, because it's going to be... It's, I mean, we're going to be talking about it on Fife. I'll tell you that much, all right? So if he's ready, he can give me a thumbs up, and then we can get to it. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the Impact World Champion, the man who is honestly just synonymous with impact at this point. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. It is Alex Shelley joining us now. Good morning. How you doing? Good. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing well. Thanks. Doing well. All right. So you were talking uh, about the match with, with the rascals and we, we heard part of it as far as the motor city machine guns influence on uh really tag team wrestling i know the young bucks have, have very much credited you guys for really starting the the innovative offense and the chaining of maneuvers and, and things like that and then the the following uh the following night with impact 1000 you're defending the title against trey so kind of working with him twice can you can you speak to the growth of trey miguel in impact wrestling sure can you guys hear me okay it's still a little low okay uh, I think Trey's journey is a pretty profound one. Uh, he's somebody who I met when I first came back to Impact during the pandemic about three years ago, and right away I gravitated towards him. And from then on, we became friends, but we also became partners, and he credits me with a lot of his, uh, I suppose, university-level training, which I think is really cool. And to me, that's an honor. Um, to be able to help have fingerprints on the next generation of guys as I have my own. Uh, I think he's going to the future of this company one way or the X division, tag division, heavyweight division, well, not heavyweight division, world division. Uh, and I'm so proud of him uh, having persevered in a lot of ways. And granted, you know, he behaves currently now, but at the same time, to just kind of face something head on and tackle all the odds he has deserves nothing but respect in my opinion this past week on impact wrestling uh you and josh alexander had a moment where i feel like you took a hard left and started talking about people considering you a transitional impact world champion uh wh- where does this feeling come from i am curious to know 
Uh, I think because John lost the title, right? Like, he never got pinned. He had to give it up because he was so hard that he suffered an injury. And in wrestling, really, in any sport, it's not a matter of if you're going to get injured. It's a matter of when. And quite frankly, it's his title. It's his company. He's been the backbone of this place longer than I have in the more recent years. And I think that deserves some acknowledgement. Uh, at the same time, I don't think a lot of people ever saw me being champion in the first place. And understandably so, because in a lot of ways, I'm the body reporting of the duration. Um, but that depends on who you ask, doesn't it? And some people would say that maybe the title was long overdue in my situation. I wouldn't say it was. Uh, I don't think I was prepared for it earlier in my career, but I have it now. And I think a lot of people, again, continue to be surprised. And they're just kind of waiting for me to lose. Just waiting, just waiting, just waiting. And they sit there almost wringing their hand. Okay, yeah, that's right. Alex Shelley finally lost. Yeah, he shouldn't have had it in the first place. Maybe. Uh, how did he get there? And, I mean, I got there because of my own guts, like my own sheer determination, my own hard work. Um, and that's an honor for me to have overcome everything, much like Trey did, too. And persevered through all these different obstacles. So now that I have the title, it'd be nice if people were going to give me a chance as champion. I think a lot of people have, to be honest with you, a lot of people have. But maybe it's a naysayer's get into my Ferrari, uh, get in the back of my mind. And it's hard to shake those sometimes. I can admit that. The, the growth of Impact uh, as a company, but also as a, as a television show. Uh, you were there from, from the, the very beginning. I believe you were on, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you were on like a dark match on the, the second episode, but you were, you were wrestling within the first five or, five or six episodes on Impact. And now to make it to 1,000 episodes, which is not a, a milestone, many, many t- television shows hit. What, what does it say about the, There's been a lot of ups and downs through it all. But from your perspective, being part of a lot of these episodes, the overall growth of the, the show impact? I think more so it speaks to the durability of the company or that so many people want impact to succeed. Because I've been a part of the company at different points in time, and it looks wildly different in every time. So... As it transitions over the years, uh, the one thing that seems to be constant is that it just doesn't go away, and that's a good thing. Because, obviously, the more companies are in North America that have television deals, the more options fans, fans have, the more options wrestlers have. But um, it's tough for me to say because I really wasn't around that much. Like, a lot of people associate me with impact, and that's true, um, and I'm proud of that. But gosh, I left in 2012, and I came back eight years later. And there was a lot that happened in those eight years. Um, And then I took a year off because I was working in the medical field. Then we had a global pandemic. And when I came back, it looked different again. So it's something that I think speaks to the spirit of the company rather than any individual performer or particular product. And uh, the identity of it, I think when you really acknowledge history is that it's a launching pad a lot of people and it's a place that a lot of people grow and a lot of people can exhibit a side themselves they weren't necessarily given a chance to do so in other places and that's pretty special 
this uh, this year, Impact 1000, they're going to be bringing back the Feast or Fired match. This is something that you have uh, some experience in, having participated in the match. You didn't walk out with a briefcase, but uh, talk to me about your experience in that match. I mean, it's a multi-person match, but uh, did you have any love or any feelings about that match as it comes back for Impact 1000? Oh, man, I love all the TNA original matches, right? So if that's Feast or Fired, that's a reverse battle royal, the Terradome, Medax, obviously. I think all those matches are awesome. Uh, they're unorthodox, and they challenge you different ways of wrestling, which is what I enjoy most about it. But in the Feaster Fired match, because of the nature of I had Saban, and that was massive. And I think typically you saw the tag teams excel more in those types of situations. So we had Lethal Consequences and the Rock and Ray Infection and LAX in there with us. And obviously the tag teams can a bit more when they're working together. You, you've spoken about uh, your, your partnership with Kevin Nash in the past and the things he taught you on screen and off screen. And now you are a veteran in the locker room and we've interviewed a lot of independent wrestlers. And I know you still do independent dates and they speak very highly of, of you. Jordan Oliver is someone who we've talked to a couple of times and he, he puts you over all the time. Uh, but the advice that you give now the, the young guys as, as you are in that veteran role uh, that basically Kevin Nash was in when he was working with you. It's case by case. Don't give anybody one-size-fits-all advice because I don't feel that any wrestler is a one-size-all product. In Jordo's case, he's somebody that I've been close with for a few years now. I actually have a, a text thread with him and Nick Wayne. I don't know. I probably text those kids once a week, uh, maybe more sometimes. And what I think happened was when I was in Ring of Honor and medical school as well, I missed this whole cluster of independent wrestlers that came and just went different places. When I came back, a lot of my peers were gone. They were in bigger companies and not doing independent dates anymore. But I firmly believed in starting from the ground up, uh, especially when you're testing the waters again and you're trying to see if wrestling fits you a certain way. So in doing so, I met all these fantastic different independent wrestlers. I met Jordan, Nick Wayne, and Masha, and E. Moriarty, and Cole Redrick, and Calvin Tankman, and uh, gosh, Top Flight. I all these guys, and they were all so, so good. And they would ask me questions, and I always tell people, I give you advice. I give you perspective. Uh, because ultimately, I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to professionally wrestle. Um, but there are certain things that I've learned from guys that these people are going to meet. So they're never going to get to train with Sabu. That's one of my trainers. They're uh, never going to get to wrestle Robbie Brookside in Germany. They're never going to get to pick Kevin Nash's brain or uh, trade barbs on the mic with Mick Foley. These guys don't have that opportunity to shut down now. And much like these guys had opportunities that I was never going to uh, I think it's important to share whatever you've learned from these situations with people who want to learn it. And I give that information to them alongside other things that I've learned too, which is more physical maintenance or in-ring mechanics. It's up to them how they utilize that. But it's a lot of them have utilized it to max capacity or figured out a way to format it to their own regimen. And to me, that's just so cool. 
that these guys are optimizing their performance one or the other um, and giving me credit for it because really it's them doing work. It's just me opening their eyes and saying, well, maybe look at this way rather than this way. This one's a bit of a two-parter. Uh, so we'll start with question one. Steve Macklin, Josh Alexander, they both have claims to wanting uh, a match for that Impact World Championship as they face off Victory Road. Do you have a preference in either challenger? Uh, no, not really. I think both so, so good, right? They really are. You know, personal discrepancies aside, both work so hard and they're so talented immensely. When I first met Macklin, it was the um, tag team tournament NXT, and it was Kushida and I against um, his partner. And, and I thought he was so awesome right out of the game. I was like, man, this guy's really, really phenomenal. He reminded me so much of Bobby Roode. I tell him that to this day, but he's a great editor, and he loves wrestling. I say the same thing about Josh Alexander, and they pursued it in different ways, but both these guys are about the same age, and they're arguably the same size, and they've got a lot of the same attributes, and they're just hard, tough, solid wrestlers. Uh, and I've gone toe-to-toe with both. Um, you know, Macklin and I went about 25, and Josh and I went over 30, and they're just so good. Love being tested that way. I really do. So either one of them is challengers. I mean, that's phenomenal to me. And if they can take the belt from me, like by all means to do so, because ultimately I view championship reigns as Darwinistic. If I can't maintain it, then it's not my hold anymore. But they're both capable of being champion again. The follow-up question was actually from Steve Macklin, who had an interview with our own Fifel Sean Ross Sapp. And when asked if he would like to ask a question of you, Alex Shelley, he said, when do I get my rematch? Sure. We don't make the matches in Impact. <laughs> in Impact, the wrestlers do not have the authority to do so. So that's not my question to answer, is it? <laughs> there you go, Macklin. Don't you? Don't you <laughs> oh, hands off, man. No way. <laughs> uh, Alex, last one, because I have to yeah. know about this, this match um, that you recently had with Hiroshi Tanahashi. And wrestlers say they, they never stop learning, even a veteran like yourself. But being in the ring with Hiroshi Tanahashi, what was that experience like? Oh, my God. I don't think I can properly convey the importance of that man uh, within the time we have, but I'll try. Um, I was in... And when he showed up and he wrestled AJ and I was in TNA, he came back a little bit later and he was preparing for the big match of the Tokyo Dome with Mudo-san. And I was there at the Dome when he beat Mudo. So uh, Mudo had had that IWGP heavyweight title for a year and he beat everybody. He beat absolutely everybody. And then to beat him. And three years after that, I ended up leaving TNA and coming to New Japan Wrestling very lucky and grateful to do so he was a champion and the company starting to grow again um, obviously you know you had global economic issues in 2008 going forward and I was able to witness Tana on virtually every level as a champion so I teamed with him multiple times I was on the bus with him we both sat in the back I went to the gym with him I was at the dojo when he come and trained. I saw how he prepared for his big matches. I saw how he handled media like this. I saw the appearances he made. I saw how he tried to balance all of it. And 
I never forgot that. And I never forgot his kindness. I never got how he took care of everybody, whether they were native or foreigner. I never forgot him helping the younger wrestlers. You know, talk about me helping the next generation of guys. He was doing the exact same thing. And that set the example. Right? You hear people leading by example, Tana led by example. And I don't think a lot of people would be able to share that experience with you. But I saw him over the years just work his ass off. And he's 46 years old. And he's been going at rate since he won the title when he was about 30, right? So this is like coming up on about 15 years. And he's a genius. He's a in a street talent, um, which was current New Japan at one point, but like that's absolutely true. He's so special. So to act, actually step in the ring with him, like that could be one of these things where years later, stores are going to say, "Oh my gosh, to wrestle Tanahashi! How cool is that?" Because it's just something that is going to be spoken uh, lips of wind whispers in the lock. It's like a legacy. And I wasn't able to just wrestle the guy; I actually beat him, which is a huge honor in and of itself, but at the same time, uh, to have that uh, comprehensive experience of basically like living on the road with a guy uh, was really true, the special part about it. So I wouldn't be the same person I am in wrestling if I hadn't had him as somebody who, again, led by example. Alex, we want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, you can catch Alex Shelley and the rest of the Stars of Impact Wrestling this Friday at Impact Victory Road this Saturday. They're going to be taping Impact 1000 in White Plains, New York. The Impact World Champion, Alex Shelley. Again, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Thank you, Alex. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yep. Oh, no problem. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Alex Shelley, mm-hmm. everybody. Apologies for the uh, audio issues. I'm going to yell at Joel to clean that up and boost that in the uh, post-show audio. So if you listen to it on... Um, mp3 it'll hopefully sound a little bit better and then as uh joel i might have to have you do some cleanup to on, on the video as we post that separately usually shout out to uh kyler who usually cuts the videos directly and then posts them on overbooked i think for this one uh because of the audio we're gonna do a little bit of editing on that and so joel i'm gonna put joel to work for once gotta gotta do it sometime so that's fine listen i was gonna type in the chat but i was just like you know what y'all figure it out uh Alex, Alex gave us some really, really interesting conversation and some really, really good stuff. There's only one question I didn't get to ask, and that's just because of the interest of time. I wanted to ask him if he owns a different suit. Because every time I see him, he's wearing that black suit, white shirt, black tie. He's got the, 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 the Reservoir Dogs special, the Tony Khan special. I want to know if he owns another suit. But I, I left it for now because we just didn't have the technical capacity. So it is what it is. Uh, it, it happens. He was already generous. Uh, went went over his time. He even mentioned like I don't know if I could talk about Tanahashi with all the limited time we have. Um, so yeah, we we did have a uh, a hard time there, and then he he went over. Uh, I, I think the technical issues. Hopefully that's understandable. Uh, but I look. I'm just happy we got to interview Alex Shelley. That is someone who again I've been following, and I'm sure a lot of people have been following for years. Big fan of his work. For years, I finally, I know I've seen him wrestle at like uh, TNA shows, Impact, like house shows in the past, but I was much younger and I didn't, I don't have a great memory of it, but I watched him uh, wrestle at the GCW show here in Ohio a few uh, months ago. And that was really, really fun uh, to finally get to see him live as a more understanding and appreciative fan. You know, just think about it. If you had gone to that Impact Against All Odds show, you could have seen him win that world title. 
Yeah, I wanted to. And then obviously circumstances changed. That was not a thing of like, I just didn't go because I didn't go. That was a, I was in a completely different state by the time that show happened. So that's right. Uh, it was a very different time frame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either way, we do appreciate Alex Shelley and impact for, uh, for setting that up, hooking us up. And that was a, a good chat. Like Jeremy said, uh, we're going to clean up the audio and get it so that y'all can hear it. Um, yeah, there was some really, really good conversation there. So looking forward to, uh, to having y'all actually be able to hear it. Soon, very soon probably by end of today so there you go yeah we're gonna post that Let, let's just post that immediately joel like once yep. it gets cleaned up and everything let's just go ahead and, and post that up immediately i typically probably would have held off and posted it maybe tomorrow because um thursdays we don't have like any live shows on overbook but i don't want to force anybody to to wait or for the clean audio of that interview. So we're going to, once, once it gets cleaned up, um, we're, we're going to get that posted right here on, on fight flow So nobody has to wait, hopefully too long for it. Just download the full podcast on your favorite podcast app. You cowards. Come on, listen to us while you're at work. Some of you do. And I appreciate that. You can do that as well. You got to clean that up too, Joel. So you got, I always have to clean that up. That's just the no, normal state of fair. our show. Fair. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's let's shift over to, to AEW unless there's anything you want. Regardless, to Regardless, yeah. Joel. Oh, oh, go ahead. You're back. Okay, uh, I was gonna say yeah. Joel Joel's gonna get that all fixed up. Um, I, I'll, I'll despite me saying he doesn't do anything or I'm gonna put him to work. Joel always takes care of this stuff, and I very much appreciate it. But now he does have to do a little bit extra because Kyler does typically take care of uh, our interviews and cuts them. I think the last time I had to do that was the Marty Garner interview. When I had yeah. some separate uh, files for us. That one was way more frustrating yes. than this one. I was visibly broken. Just, <laughs> I could not control how broken I was with the uh, the Marty Garner interview and the, the stop and start with the audio. Alex's, the video was a choppy-ish. The audio was obviously very low, but if you were attentive enough, then you could definitely make out and hear what he was saying. Marty Gardner was just, we could not get started. Like we couldn't get out of the starting blocks with that interview. And it, it was a multiple time issue. And it just, you know, it happens. This is uh, the realities of doing this stuff live and, and guys having uh hotel Wi-Fi or car uh, service or whatever they, they might, they might be on. And uh, yeah, it happens. I was certainly not as uh, not as frustrated with everything this time it, around. It's your uh, what was oh man, it, it's that Detroit Wi-Fi. I don't even know if they're in White Plains yet for the shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Wednesday; they don't have to be there till Friday. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that DJ? I'm sure someone in the chat's like, yeah, Detroit Wi-Fi. It's garbage. It's not good. <laughs> but it happens. <laughs> oh, man. I just I, assume everybody has terrible Wi-Fi, no matter where they're at. I mean, just plug in directly. It's always bad. Yeah, unless you have Canadian Wi-Fi. The good old Canadian Wi-Fi, eh? Never have problems with our Canadian guests. <laughs> there was, I guess not. Uh, there was you know, there was so much we could have talked to about with, with Alex Shelley. I did, not, I did not get a chance to ask him to beat you up because uh, I did not. I, I wanted to be respectful of, of his time. And again, with the audio issues, it was... We were, we were kind of a certain flow. I, I tried to read the room a little bit on that. I did want to, you know, you mentioned you wanted to ask him about um, uh, the suits. I want to ask about Will Ospreay coming to Impact because he's going to be a bound for glory. And if 
Alex Shelley is still the champion there. I don't know if Osprey is going after the title, but I would imagine Alex Shelley would have a little bit of interest in, in facing Will Osprey. So I, I wanted to ask about that, unfortunately. It feels, it feels like the Coventry show that they're doing might yeah. be a spot for Osprey versus Shelley. That would be that would be a real fun show. That would that would get people excited, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I agree with that. So I did want to ask about Osprey. Oh, you know, hopefully, uh, Impact will have us. We'll have some more Impact guests on. You know, we've been fortunate enough to have champions, nothing but champions, when it comes uh, to Impact. We have Diana, Steve Macklin, and now Alex Shelley uh, be part of the show. So appreciate appreciate Impact when uh they they have the talent uh, on the show. Uh, they allow the talent to be on the show, and they 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 have them here and they give us great talent like Perrazzo, Macklin and Shelly. We'll have more. I promise. We're still working, still working to get good impact. Uh, sorry, not just good, not good impact talent, but just impact talent who are very good and they all are. So here we are. Uh, it's all, it's really, once you have like the, the knockouts champion, our first show ever, our first interview ever was Deanna Perrazzo one night after she won the title it's really no offense to steve macklin or alex shelley it's really downhill from that you know like you gave us the world champions after that but we got the the knockouts champion one night after she won the title on our premiere show in the main event of the pay-per-view no less yeah it's kind of tough again macklin world champion alex shelley world champion no matter who we get after the diana prazo it's 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 unfortunately downhill. They could give us literally anyone and Perrazzo in that moment. It's, it's a tough situation. Any guess. It's not just impact, by the way. Any guess has to live up to Deanna Perrazzo. That's tough. We did have Jody Threat. That was a fun conversation, too. Every, I feel like we've, we've always done very, very good interviews. Maybe people disagree, but uh, whether it's impact talent or independent talent. Yeah. I brought up Jody not only because she's impact contract talent, but also because that was a fun interview that I I liked it. I like when I get to talk to my local friends, so that's good. Well, she's not a friend, but you know, she's what I mean. Canadian. That's because it. she's Canadian. Honestly, the best interviews that we do are with the Canadians. Let's face it. Fair, fair. Yes. Anyway, uh, we will have coverage of Victory Road, by the way, on Friday on Fightful, uh, both in coverage. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not just going to do it. Okay. I ain't doing it. That's fine. I'm going to be doing the post show on the main channel. I think- Are we doing a post show on the main We're channel? Gonna- we, we always do a post show for the Impact yeah. Specials. Emergence was a bit of a different situation because I was physically there and i couldn't get to a studio nearby so that okay didn't... see so we always do a post show and then we didn't do one for our we missed so one. we missed you literally one. just lied to the people stop it anyway we will be doing a victory road post show uh okay. that's going to be on friday night whether it's here on overbooked or on the main that remains to be seen but regardless we'll be doing that and of course impact 1000 will be a regular thursday night impact show so we'll be talking about that one at length when the episode drops in a couple of weeks so there you go we we will have coverage of Victory Road. I'm, I'm sure somebody will be doing results. I, I'm sure somebody will be doing news. I specifically said it's not me because I have a family commitment on Friday nights. And typically, this would be my role of covering SmackDown and Rampage and Impact altogether, uh, at least helping with, with everything. But Friday nights, I'm committed to the family, and I've already told everybody, don't bother me. So I will watch Impact Victory Road after the fact 
and not live. So I'm not doing the victory road coverage. Somebody else will be doing it. I'm going to bother you. I'm just going to send you text messages and calls. Ah. Oh, okay. That's fine. No, I about dropped. I about spilled my water, uh, which would not have been, uh, I mean, look, I had cake on my face on Monday's show. Spilled water ain't going to hurt hurt me at this point. You can message me. The place I'll be at gets terrible reception. So, like, I'm not going to see it until we leave. And so that's fine. I'll just get bombarded with messages after the fact. And then I'll be like, shut up, Joel. And then I'll move on with my night. Wow. Tell me how you really feel. Joel, I think everybody knows I don't actually like you. You were just the oh. only person available to do this. I mean, I, there are other people I could think of. I could send you a whole list of people who could do this show. I don't like them either. Fair enough. I mean, SP3 is really the only one that we could get away with here. Yeah, he does enough. And I didn't do a show with him. I was trying to diversify uh, You know who, who I worked with. I got the bearded white American. I got the... Uh, I, I got SP3... Uh, african-american i've i've got share almost your shoot name share delaware white woman and then you canadian so canadian i used to work with guy. what's that canadian white bearded guy yeah yeah used to used to work with a, a british fellow um what, what am i, I feel like I, I cover a lot of bases here so i had to diversify anyway speaking of diversification aw tonight's Dynamites, we're opening up the Grand Slam Eliminator Tournament. They've announced two matches in the quarterfinals. Uh, Trepperetta, Roderick Strong, and then on the other side, it's Nick Wayne and Darby Allen. What's, uh, how are we feeling about this? Uh, the winner, of course, gets to face MJF for the AW World Championship at Grand Slam. One thing I do love is that at All Out, they kind of gave us a little inkling that it's no longer definitely Roderick Strong. I think having uh, Mimosa Joe be part of this whole thing opened up the opportunity assuming he's part of this eliminator tournament maybe he's not we don't know yet they haven't announced him part as part of it but uh what do you think of these two matches coming in yeah, well, let's talk about that nick wayne and darby allen should be really fun um a couple of losers based on this past week so that always bothers me a little bit is nick wayne lost on collision and they even said afterwards like hey you lost and nick's like i'm still learning and then Darby lost at All Out. It's like, hey, you lost. Here's a chance to get a world title shot. Roderick, last time we saw him, lost to Samoa Joe. Trent, uh, he at least won. Oh, he's in like the Battle Royal gimmick that they didn't win. Uh, they uh, they at least won at, at the, the Stadium Stampede. And he won that uh, triple threat match as well with uh, Penta and moxley so at least trent's got a little bit of of momentum there to to where i, I can i can buy it they they lost the parking lot fight i guess but at least he he the last time singles it was uh it was a victory for trent yeah jeff jeff Feller driver says they added mox and ar fox won't love it he's a loser yeah ar fox just a big old loser out here like what are these losers doing wrestling I don't mind. I don't mind AR Fox doing this like title shot gimmick. Moxley, they they do that all the time. But the tournament does feel like you at least want people who are coming off victories to add to it a little bit. Because it's like, why are you going to win matches if you can just get in these tournaments losing matches? You got a chance to go after the world title after you just lost a bunch. I prefer. I just prefer guys to 
win if you're going to be set up in this spot. That's all. So the international championship is considered an open challenge. And the TBS yeah. championship has an open challenge. They're doing sure. Chris Thalander versus Emi Sakura because the second everyone complained about Emi not being on All In, Tony was like, here, damn, come on. Uh, Are they doing Chris and Emi? Was that just announced? Yeah, it was announced five minutes ago. Chris Thalander oh. versus Emi Sakura. Well, there you go. All right. Sure. Like that. That's fine. Um, the, those title matches, yeah, open challenge gimmick, fine. Um. Orange Cassidy was doing that the entire run. That, that's that's fine. The TNT title was doing that for the longest time. Again, I'm I'm just like I, I'm just, I, I just when it comes to the world title and a chance to earn a world title shot, I would like winners to be part of it. And I like both these matches, mind you. They're they're story matches, which okay, you can do matches that have a story behind it. I would just prefer that not to be at a chance to earn a world title shot. I would like winners to be in that. Takeshka should probably be in this thing. Jay White, who's won some matches, should probably be in this thing. I think it devalues it a little bit when you have these guys who have been winning matches not part of the tournament. On top of it, it's, it's not a large tournament. One, two, three, four, it's eight five, men. seven, eight. It's, it's eight, eight men. So they've announced two matches. There's still so four two. men. Yeah. So four. So half the field is announced. Yeah. We also we're doing talking segments with MJF, Samosa Joe, Adam Page. I don't love the idea that they're going to have potentially Mimosa Joe versus Hangman Page. Is that is that a are match? they in the tournament? Are well, they in the tournament? No, that's the question. And, and that's the thing. We don't know who's on that other side. I don't hate that. But I do agree with you that winners should by and large be part of this thing. Um I don't I don't know. And also if it's Hangman versus Joe on the other side of the bracket, whether that's the first or second set of matches. We don't know we don't know what the bracket looks like. No, we don't. But I'm just saying I'm spitballing here. I'm saying that if they do something like that, I don't love the idea of Paige getting heated up, winning that battle royal, doing the big charity thing, building him up, and then potentially him losing in this this tournament. That's what, what I'm if getting. He, what if he loses in the finals to Joe? Again, we so going back to what you said, we don't know the bracket size, but uh, let's say that it is that. It would have to be one hell of a match. It would have to be a really oh, strong be. match, and I'm sure it would be, because again, it's, it's AEW, and in that main event slot, they almost always deliver. Uh, Joe and Paige would potentially have a great match. Uh, if they make Paige look strong coming out of it, assuming Joe wins, then sure, it's great. Yeah, so I call him, I call him Samosa Joe, Mimosa Joe, Ragosa Joe. That's his name. Mimosa Joe. Bottomless Mimosa's Joe. I want to know why Samoa Joe would be in the tournament. I understand he just beat Shane Taylor, but in the biggest event of the year, he lost to one CM Punk. Why is CM Punk not in the tournament? Well, you Are see- they going to address the real world title situation? I feel that should be addressed. We talked about the real world title situation. Tony Khan won the real world's championship when CM Punk uttered the words to him, I quit. Well, then we need to make this known on television. We should. I listen, Tony Khan was on TV last week going into to collision, making the announcement that, you know, CM Punk has been let go. Uh, he should have had the title around his, his around his that shoulder. Been a fantastic bit. Honestly, that would have been, <laughs> been good stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I don't think we're going to have to worry about where, cm punk is and where the real world title is the real world's championship will end up probably 
in an NWA ring near you if EC3 has anything to do with it. He's not going there. Bless EC3 for attempting to drum up some interest on that, but I know there's that report that like Impact would love to have him, and I'm sure they would. That was so. Oh, I read it last night. I was like, "Stop it! Just stop it!" I'm I'm sure they would love to have him. Like, but I, I we talked about it before. If he's going anywhere, he's going uh, WWE. He ain't yeah. going to these other companies. At this point, the money. Absolutely. And here's the thing. So Hausman, I, I think this is uh, one thing that Nick Hausman was very like on, on with. And that is the idea that when the story came out about punk and the travel in London and they ended up taking the tube, you know, Hausman basically said he's very thrifty. Like he's not just going to, you know, hop in a cab and go and whatever reason it was, you know, he's just very thrifty. He has the money he has, you know, he's not, uh, he, he's rich. Like he's, he's, He's set up for life, but like money, I don't know if it's his major driver. I don't but think, he, no, I don't think that's his major driver at all. I think, I think the, the thrill and the endorphins and the reaction is the driver and, and just being part of all of that. You ain't getting that in front of a hundred people. It don't hit the same in front of a hundred people. You know, you, you need, you need thousands, you need tens of thousands to, to feel that, especially when you've already felt that. Like if, if you, there are obviously some people who have been part of WWE or AEW and have gone on and, and done other things and they've done well in, in other uh, areas. But it just, when you're seeing Punk and your goal has been what your goals have been and very stated and you've reached the levels that he's reached, Going to Impact or NWA, just I don't think he's he's uh, I, I don't think he's gonna go quietly like that. I I see New Japan more than that. Whether New Japan accepts accepts him is a whole different question. But that imagine was, seeing oh, well, so, well, no, this that was also part of the Impact discourse. Was New Japan might not do that because they have that working relationship with AEW, and as yeah. good as it is, you know, Tony and and uh, Otani or whoever could easily just be like, "LOL, don't do it, <laughs> no, no chance." Uh, so, if if there's some sort of agreement that Punk is just a exclusive to New Japan non AEW events or whatever it is, again, you have to do so many stupid hurdles potentially. To have him work a New Japan show, if AEW talent come over, or if there's some beef, whatever it is, that part is silly. I don't like doing that. Um, but yeah, him and, and Punk going back to WWE just it makes the most sense. If there's one thing that Triple H and Vince McMahon love to do, it's try to right as many wrongs as they can when it comes to the perception that you know hurt wrestlers have towards WWE. They like to do that family mentality. You know, they did it with Warrior, they did it with Bruno, they've done it with so many wrestlers in the past. This is just another opportunity for them. This is like the common day last right of the wrong that they could do. Can you? They did it with the with Medusa. Same thing, you know. They write it, righted that wrong, and I use that as that's that's their interpretation of whatever happened. This is kind of the last one that I can think of where they're writing a, a gigantic wrong on their part, unless there's someone I'm missing. When's when's CM Punk's birthday? October twenty sixth. 
I think we're going to find out a lot about the relationships when when CM Punk's birthday rolls around. He's going to be on Instagram, and he's going to Instagram who sent him a gift. And if WWE sends him a gift, then we're back in business, baby. We're back send in business. Send him a cheese board. Send them, send them the cake. Send them some Mindy's muffins. We're back in business. 48 pack of spin drift. This will last. It's an Amazon subscription too. So like this is serious work we're doing here. That's good stuff. Can, can you get an Amazon subscription on spin drift? Let's see. I don't know. Let's find out. But uh, either is, way, they're doing a lot of talky talk tonight on Dynamite. It seems like they actually loaded up the card pretty well tonight. You know, they're doing a lot of wrestling on Dynamite tonight. There's only two talking segments. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They have the two talking segments. They have four matches announced. Um, yeah, you're right. They they did move things around. Which is five nice. matches announced, Joel. What am I missing? Oh, the tag match. The Sex Gods versus... Uh, oh, my God. Aussie Open. Oi, oi, oi. Yes. Yeah. You can get a delivery on Spindrift, by the way, for people who would like to uh, have Amazon subscription for Spindrift. It is possible. Yes, they have five matches announced for uh, Dynamite tonight. And then we will hear from MJF and Hangman Page. Very interested in this MJF segment and the Hangman Page segment, honestly, because Hangman's a dude who was super cold off for the past, I feel like, year. At this point, I'm trying to think the last time Hangman, not nah, the, the Moxley stuff, um, you know, the concussion, unfortunately, took him out of things. But the Moxley stuff to start the year was very good. The, the death match was very good to start the year. But really ever since the end of that, definitely since Blood and Guts, but even when the elite kind of got involved with that, it took away from Hangman as a singles guy. Um, it's been cold off. Definitely since Blood and Guts. I don't think that's an arguable point there. He's barely been on television, I feel, since Blood and Guts. Um, But he won the Battle Royal, and now he's going to get promo time. If I'm Hangman, I'm I'm pushing for, if I'm the character Hangman Page, I'm pushing for being in this title eliminator tournament. He's won one of these tournaments before. Or he went to the the finals against uh, Omega, and then Omega beat him. Um, But he's he, he went to the finals kind of sort of i guess uh um yeah against against omega so i'm pushing to be in this tournament if i'm hangman page to, to try to get that title shot and he's a guy that he should be treated as one of their top stars and it was honestly very unfortunate that um that he was downplayed for the the second part of this year because he should be Maybe even their top babyface. They ain't got a lot of like pure, pure babyfaces in this company. I know MJF is leaning that way a little bit, but he's also still a scumbag. Adam Cole was certainly that way, but there's, you know, the uh, will he, won't he type of thing. Hangman's a very pure babyface and someone who should be treated as such, and they haven't. So I'm very much looking forward to his promo. And MJF's promo is going to address Samoa Joe and a. MJF uh, always shows a lot of fire, always has some great talking points, and I'm sure he will have plenty to say, not only when it comes to Samoa Joe and the shove and everything, but also uh, Roderick Strong and the neck and and Adam Cole and their friendship and stuff. MJF's involved in a lot of stuff right now, so I'd be interested to see how he really ties a lot together. Why does MJF have no friends yet all the friends? What's that about? Why is everyone he only not- has Cole as his friend, right? Well, you know, people people like him, right? 
Sure, but who else is his friend? You said he has all the friends. Parasocial relationships. People don't think they're his friend. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, the MJF stuff is, is actually quite interesting because he does have a bit of an axe to grind with Samoa Joe. See, I said it right that time. And he's also, you know, he's got the world championship. Are we going to focus away from the Ring of Honor tag championships for a bit? Or are we going to try and tell two different stories? Is there an opportunity maybe for MJF and Adam Cole to just do, you know, Ring of Honor tag titles on Collision and then world title on Dynamite? Or no, not something you want to do. What, what, what can we do with uh, these two title belts that are in play? I think they will do what they can with the, the ROH tag team titles. But they've got sort of a dilemma on their hands because they're the champions. Theoretically, they got to defend them against somebody. You would want them to defend them against a built-up team and not just lose them to just random team out of nowhere. The kingdom would be the best option here because there's an actual story involved to that. When do you do it and how do you do it? Because you probably don't want your world champion taking another pinfall in a tag team match. He already took one against Dax. But then you got Adam Cole. Is he going to take the pinfall? I think Roddy Strong costing Adam Cole the titles and the kingdom winning makes a lot of sense. And I think that's likely where they will end up going. When they get there, I don't know. Uh, can they hold off till final battle? That seems like a big stretch. So, again, we don't know where Final Battle is going to be. We don't know the venue. We don't know the date. We just know it's happening in December. Um, yes. That being said, I was thinking to myself, what, what if they do the, the open the show and close the show just like they did it all in? You know, Adam Cole tells MJF, hey, let's let's put on the Ring of Honor tag titles. Let's let's do the kingdom at, at Grand Slam. We'll open the show and then you'll triumphantly beat Roderick Strong, whoever it is, for the for the AEW World Title at the end of the night, and that's that's going to be that. Do you think there's a possibility that they do that at Grand Slam, or can they actually keep this thing going until Final Battle, knowing that they don't exactly put a lot of emphasis on the Ring of Honor Tag Titles most of the time, and Final Battle continues to be the every title changes hands here type of event for Ring of Honor? I wouldn't do that for Grand Slam because. You don't want to do two MJF matches for a television show. You could do it at a pay-per-view. One, because the pre-show, it was part of the pre-show. You got a five-hour pay-per-view. You got a two-hour television event. Um, and then you got Wrestle Dream literally like the week after uh, Grand Slam. You need something for Wrestle Dream. Maybe they lose the ROH tag team titles to a New Japan team in some fashion and that's how they go with it the kingdom makes the most sense that's the story but when you figure you'll get some type of new japan involvement and wrestle dream maybe that's where where things end up playing out is is they lose to an roh team out there uh but i i think wrestle dream might be more them losing the tag titles to the kingdom than hey let's do a grand slam type of thing and it may be Maybe Roddy Strong does win this tournament. I don't think he's going to, but I think right now he's the favorite because of the story. Um, you know, no, no knock on Darby Allen, who you, is kind of always over 
and, and Nick Wayne, who I know people are a lot are behind, but he's 18. And Trent, who was like Tony Khan's, legitimately Tony Khan's, like one of one of his favorite wrestlers. Like Trent is Tony Khan's one of his favorite wrestlers. Um, Christian in the mud. <laughs> but like right now, story wise, Roddy Strong's probably the favorite to win this tournament of these four. So do you do MJF and and Strong at Grand Slam? MJF likely wins, but then that sets up Kingdom and Cole. And, and MJF for for Wrestle Dream, and then Strong costing them the tag titles. I think you could possibly do that. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. And I think that the Kingdom working New Japan works. Whether that's Strong, if they bring that back to more North American t- uh, dates, I know Rocky was talking about wanting to bring that back as a weekly. And um, if there's an opportunity to have them go over to Japan and do a few uh, a few runs, that'd be fun too. Because people people recognize some of those faces. Uh, in the kingdom. That'd be fun. I, I'd like to see it, but we'll see where they go with it. I'm thinking about like other options. And honestly, I just, the kingdom need to win those damn tag titles. That's <laughs> really all I keep going back to is that I just say that they keep going for those tag titles. They keep losing in every match that they're going for the tag titles. in. it's just time to belt them up. It's just time to do the kingdom and get that heat. It's time. Well, now the, Collision is no longer a soft brand split and we will see things more. And you mentioned this on Monday, Joel is you can tape some ROH stuff on Wednesdays as well, but I imagine we'll be seeing a little bit more of MJF and Adam Cole on Saturdays on collision, which means they'd be available for some ROH tapings. Well, what that means, I don't know. Are they going to wrestle? I wouldn't bank on it. But can they, even if they didn't wrestle on Saturdays, could they shoot some backstage stuff on Wednesdays that aired on ROH? Yeah, 100%. Can they shoot some in-ring stuff on Saturdays that air on ROH? Yes, they can do that. I would like to just see MJF and Adam Cole have some type of presence on ROH TV as the tag team champions because we're missing that for a while. And they should probably have their tag team champions featured a little bit. It's so funny as we talk about that, you know, when things can be filmed, just the logistics of of putting together these TV shows and how much of a pain in the butt it must have been to be like, okay, we can't send this guy on Saturday to this venue because of this situation. Like, I'm not saying everything is hunky-dory and everything's perfect now, but there are certainly going to be a lot less um, hurdles, seemingly, to have to jump through. Christopher Daniels will probably be able to get into the damn building on a Saturday if he needs to. So... Little things like that, I think about like how much easier will some of these people be breathing knowing that they can go and, and basically do their jobs without, you know, without some ridiculous shit going on in the background. Collision is in Cleveland this Saturday. Um, and they're going to load that show up. <laughs> well, I hope so. Because they got to sell me on this show. I'll put it on record right now. Not currently slated to go to Collision in Cleveland. I do kind of, I have something to do. Um, But I'm willing to brush my family aside and say, take care of your own stuff, family. If you give me a great show. If you give me a worthwhile show, Tony Khan. What I mean by that is Brian Danielson in a two-hour match. That's all. There it is. They That's all the, I want from Collision. 
Yeah, the collision, uh, the collision gauntlets. Yeah, that's fine. You booked me a big Brian Danielson match. The last time I went to AEW when they had a great show on paper, John Moxley, Hangman Page, Darby Allen, Samoa Joe. This was a this was a fantastic show. You know what Brian Danielson match I got? The worst match of his little gauntlet thing that he ran to get the MJF title shot against Timothy Thatcher. Wasn't like horrible or anything. But compared to the other matches Danielson had during that run, wasn't good. Very disappointing. Fortunately, I got Moxley Hangman and I got uh, Darby and Joe, which were both great matches. But Danielson and Thatcher was disappointing. I ain't putting that on Brian Danielson. I'm fine. Fine with that. Brian Danielson carrying Ryan Nemeth. That'll be proving goat level stuff right there. You give me a show worth going to, Tony Khan. And I will go to this show. I will shun my fatherly and husbandly responsibilities if you give me a reason to. Uh, that, that same person sent a message earlier being like, just got here. Can you start from the top? And I, I want to be like, yeah, you send us $500 and we'll start this show from the top for you. <laughs> How's that? Ryan, you know how this works. Come on. Oh, I love it when our chat's here. You guys are grand. You guys are fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I want to go to Grand Slam. I'm trying to like figure out if this is something that's worth doing. Tony saying I might do a press scrum after Grand Slam gives me a feeling of a give me a bottle of water, but also it gives me a feeling of maybe maybe there's a plan for something big to happen, or he's like just wanting to do a press conference for the sake of saying no one's ever done a press conference that's not tennis related at Arthur Ashe Stadium and this is a big moment for us which to me would just pop me and give me a bottle of water so I don't know it would just uh it would be fun because I went to the first one I enjoyed it it looks like they're trying to build something big this year which is tough coming after all in all out uh everything else that's been dominating the AEW news cycle this is their first opportunity to really you know, control it back. Having a strong pay-per-view on Sunday goes a long way. Uh, and hopefully Punk doesn't like drop some BS between now and the 20th. Why? Hopefully he does. <laughs> I just, I just want to go to sleep, man. I just want to get a good nap. I don't want to hear it, Joel. Nobody's preventing you from taking a nap. Tell that to my, my kid. Okay, well, he might be preventing you. But that has nothing to do with CM Punk. You can't place all your CM Punk problems on your kid. Isn't this what got everybody in trouble in the first place? That is what, yeah, that's true. No one wants to take responsibility. Take responsibility for why you can't take a nap, Joel. I'm old and I'm tired and I work with children. That's right. It's yeah. just the way it goes. I'm being told that I should go to Grand Slam. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I do miss New York. That's really what it comes down to is I miss visiting my friends in New York City and going and berating Andrew Zarian, who I'm sure we should probably have back on this show eventually. Uh, yeah, you know, it'll be a good time. But uh, when I... We Andrew Zarian's up. welcome. Andrew Zarian's welcome on this show at any time. He doesn't need an invitation. He is an open invite. Oh, no, he knows that. It's not even that. It's just more because his show has been a little sporadic lately. They're usually on a Friday morning, but they just did a Monday morning show this past week. And I was like, what are you, what are you running at the same time as us on a Monday for? Stop it. So I can't get him on when he's not available to us. That's he can just, just a simulcast. He can simulcast the show. I feel like we've done close to that at one point. We've been trying to. I'm, I'm still working on it with him. I want to do a simulcast. Matt Man versus In the Weeds. We'd lose that fight. 
Would we? I don't know. I love their show. I love Rich and Andrew. I do. They've been uh, they've been doing this for a while. I mean, a fist fight. We'd lose that. Oh no, we would. Have you seen Rich? I don't think people understand. Rich Tambolian is a big dude. He is. He, I, I'm six feet. He's probably six three, and he is. He's built bigger than I am. Andrew's not that tall, but like he could scrap. I'm sure Andrew could scrap. Well, what would happen is you would fight Rich, and Andrew Zarian and I would just take some edibles and get along just fine. It'd be, it'd That's be accurate. Rich and yeah. I wouldn't even fight. We'd just hug and be like, you want to go see a wrestling show? And be like, nah, let's go to the concert instead. And we'll have a grand old time. He'll be like, you want to talk about comics for an hour? And I'll be like, you know what? I do. Just because you're good at this stuff. <laughs> Zary and I will sit in the bathtub together and watch some wrestling on some edibles. And just talk about life and, and all the, the galaxies that are out there. I think that would be just tremendous content. The two of you in a big claw tub bath. <laughs> oh, I'm going to make this happen. Uh, this is, I'm going to really work myself into, into a shoot. Could we do an episode where like in the weeds what? becomes in the bath? Uh, yeah, some, something like that. But yeah, Matt men in the weeds. It's just, it's on Zara and I together in the same bath. I mean, if we can, no, no, it's, it, it's yeah. got to be the two of you in a bath. Yeah, yeah. Look, if we can arrange it, all right. I'm, I'm open to this. But Y'all I'm saying, just like, come to New York. Let's go. We'll all go to New York together for Grand Slam, and we'll do this content. I'm saying that for now, Zarian and I just doing this show. We're just we do it from the bathtub. We may or may not have an edible before we do the show, and then you know, plausible deniability. And then I, who knows what we talk about? We just talk about whatever the chat wants to talk about. Maybe we talk about wrestling. This show's open with talking about weather. So who knows what the, oh, the wife is like, what in the actual hell are you planning? Babe, babe, we've been married for almost a year now. You've, you've been with me for almost two years now. You've for some reason been watching the shows I've been doing for over two years now you understand i don't know what i'm talking about i this is why i had cake on my face for an entire episode on monday i talk i plan stuff that should not be planned and then because i give back to the people and because i'm not afraid to just do dumb things i follow through on them so what in the actual hell am i planning I'm not planning anything. I am simply speaking and then it'll probably happen. That's, that's what's happening here. Yeah. That's kind of how it goes. We just kind of talk until it happens. Do you have to go Joel? No. Do we have more to talk about? I feel we could talk for another five hours, Joel Pearl. Let's do a 24 hour stream right now. No, because someone has to send us $500 first for us to rewind this show to start from the beginning. I will if edit we get... interview on the air while we do the show from the top. If someone says it's $500, I will screen if... share the process. If we get $500 in super chats within the next five minutes, that's a hundred dollars a minute. Everybody, we will do an impromptu 24 hour not stream. 24 hour. No, I cannot do that. I got I gotta pick up the kid today. That's not negotiable. Cowardly. We yeah. will do an impromptu 12 hour stream right <laughs> so now. To do. 
right now, 12 hour stream. So many. We get $500 in super chats in five minutes. Let's put a timer on the clock. We're going to, this, this show is running for at least another five minutes. There's $5. We're getting there. $495. Global sends a super chat saying, I got five bucks on the Matman in the weeds, bro, bath in NYC. Oh, could you imagine? That'd be fantastic. We got five minutes on the clock, everybody. We need $495, okay? Val's threatening us with a good time. We will do a 12-hour stream. Joel is free to go in and out as he pleases. I will be here all 12 hours. This sounds like such a All 12 hours. We will watch Dynamite together. You can watch me stare at the screen as I listen to various interviews in the world of wrestling and type articles because I still have to work. Uh, I don't know what else I'm doing. You can be a work stream. We're just going to, we're just going to send the link to every single person imaginable. Like our entire like Twitter is just going to be sending the link out. Why not see who shows up? $500 everybody. It'll be worth it. If we get that much money, I'm going to be honest with you. Fair. Uh, the anonymous ITW general manager saying just stream on your phone to get the baby. That's fine. I had to take the subway. They don't have the service down there. I saw we'll add another five dollars if I do the rest of the show in in my TK. Oh, that sounds dangerous for five bucks now. Make it five hundred bucks. Well, we've already done the five hundred dollars, Joel. We need to to up things uh, for six hundred (laughs) dollars. We've already asked for five hundred dollars for for this. You got to ask me a question of of Tony Khan. We're gonna wait. Okay, here we go. All right, Tony Tony Khan face. Here we go. You got you to gotta play a little and ask some questions and stuff, but let me make an opening statement here. I feel we had a tremendous show today, and if we do a, a another 12-hour live stream, we have some big things, big things planned for, for the rest of the live stream. Uh, we, we're going to have a lot of guests. We have a lot of big surprises for everybody that I don't think you, you quite know what to expect from them, but we, we have big, big surprises planned out uh, for our 12-hour stream, and it's already been a great show these past two hours. We had Alex Shelley, Impact World Champion. Alex Shelley was on the show. Alex Shelley is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. It was an honor to have Alex Shelley on this show. He's going to be teaming with Chris Sabin, Motor City Machine Guns, one of the most influential tag teams of all time. The Young Bucks have credited the Motor City Machine Guns for a lot of the work they've done. They're going to be facing the Rascals at Impact Victory Road on Friday. Impact 1000, Alex Shelley against Trey Miguel. That's a big match. That's a match that I'm really looking forward to. That's a tremendous, tremendous matchup. It's an honor to have Alex Shelley on the show. It was great that we were able to work with Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling has been a kind partner to us. We have a great working relationship with Impact Wrestling. Scott Tamore, I love Scott. I talk with Scott all the time. He's he's great partner here at In the Weeds. We're fantastic to have Alex Shelley on. But if we get $500, $500, everybody, we're going to do another 12 hours. And you never know who's going to appear. We might have more talent from impact wrestling we have a lot of great partners a lot of great partners here on fightful a lot of great partners here on fightful overbook sean ross sap might appear tag talk girls might appear Haley and kylie they did the meat chant the meat chant got over big at AEW all out got over huge at AEW all over all out 105 section 105 tag talk girls might appear you never know who's going to show up here on in the weeds for the next 12 hours if we get another 500 dollars to do a 12-hour live stream. We have super chats from Val Capone. 
how do I change the dollar sign? Cake face for life. Uh, I think it's on the wherever the dollar sign is. There should be a number. It automatically does one ninety nine, but you can change that. So I'm scared to admit that, but you can do it. Will Chisholm asks with wrestlers like Carl <laughs> Carlton AOP. I think it's Carly. Yeah. Usual to be loved by anyone. Anyway, unusual to be. I don't know the lyrics, really. Fun with anyone. It's not unusual to see me cry. I wanna die. Russell's like Carlito. AOP Kyrie say, do you think WWE is holding off on debuting them on TV until the Endeavor deal is done? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the situation. Nick Aldis is meanwhile like, I'm on a handshake deal because I learned from my wife that I should only appear on a handshake deal with uh, anywhere I work. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what we're doing, right? I could be, or they could just, who knows, not actually have plans for these people. Kyrie is a deal where she's finishing up commitments. So that's, I don't think they don't not have plans for her. I think she does just have commitments she needed to, to finish up. AOP, I have I have no idea. They've apparently been signed potentially for a little while. Carlito, there was rumors of him dating back to the MSG show for, for SmackDown. Oh, the timer has gone off. We did not get $500 in five minutes. We will not be doing a 12-hour <laughs> live stream. This person, like, right when you got it, it was just like, all right, see you later. Bye. <laughs> So the timer okay. has gone off, but thank you for everybody who did donate super chats. Why uh, syllables? Too much blinking, but I'll take it. I don't know how that man does not blink when it comes to this. I can't do it. I just can't. I blame my contacts. I, I, I blame. Con- I assume Tony wears contacts as well. I know he used to wear glasses. Um, but yeah, I can't just stare. I lose the staring contest to the kids all the time. They always beat me. I'm not good at it. You got to learn how to be- get better at staring. Well, oh, I off. can't just like stare into the camera. I'm already just blinking too much. The lights are like right on me too. I can't do it. Bless Tony. Oh, you're good at it, Joel. Can you talk and stuff though? Yeah. They, then the it. second I now, did see, it. See, you blinked. It, it's the, problem, the problem is that I'm like, it, I got the air conditioner. The vent is like right next to my computer setup. So the air is just in my face. So it just drives This me is up. why Tony... This is why Tony is a pro, though. You know he's dealing with circumstance, tough circumstances. The lights are on him. He's got wrestlers around him. He's got to deliver good news, bad news, doesn't matter. And he's still, the entire time, I'm trying, I blinked. Like, he just, he doesn't do it the entire time. It does not matter what news Tony Khan has to, I can't do it. It's difficult, man. This is why Tony's a pro, absolute pro. So it's all in the eyebrows. That's what Wysolobo says. It's all that in the coffee. Eyebrows. It's that coffee. That man had about five cups of coffee just during the press conference. The media scrub. It's, I haven't it's had that much coffee. I'm drinking water. Yeah. Maybe is there? Is it scientific that water makes you blink? Is this like a proven thing? I mean, it keeps you hydrated, and therefore you don't dry out as quickly because the idea is that your eyeballs dry out, and the blinking refreshes the hydration of your eyeballs. Right? Does water make you blink? Let's Google this. Okay, how does hydration affect my eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to know, like, just answer my question. I don't want to read, like, a pamphlet on this shit. I didn't come here for, you know, to be harassed by uh, the the Mayo Clinic of hydration in the eyes. I just want to know, yes or no, does water make you drink? Or does water make you blink? That's it. 
this is simultaneously our best and worst show ever. I don't know how we did it, but like we found it. Does drinking maybe I maybe that's on me. Maybe that's on me that I, I didn't uh phrase that right. Does drinking water make you blink? Is drinking water good for your eyes to keep them hydrated? Just a yes or no. This is all I want. Water is essential. Drinking water is good for the eyes. It seems like it is. Okay, so See, it says like alcohol, stress, caffeine, prescription meds, excessive salt intake, diabetes, and excessive screen use is how you like dehydrate your eyes. So this is why Tony's drinking all that caffeine and he's got to be stressed. I mean, it could be like good stress, but like that man's got to be stressed out with all the jobs he's got and all the stuff he's got to do. So I need more caffeine and more stress in my life to not blink. Less water. There you go, everybody. You learned something. You fucking learned something on this show. I wouldn't go that far, but at least we tried. Jeremy, plug the stuff. Let's get out of here. Don't follow me on Twitter. Send me a bunch of money at Jeremy Lambert 88 on PayPal. That's all I'm asking for. Money. That's it. Subscribe to Fight Flow Overbooked if you haven't already. Leave a thumbs up. My birthday is next Friday, everybody. We have three shows. Count them. Three shows until my birthday show. Joel Pearl, from what I've been told by various sources, is planning a big extravagant birthday show. So everyone tune in every single show, but especially next Friday for the big extravagant birthday show and keep sending a lot of money that'll all go towards the birthday show, not the contributors. I'm taking from them for the following week to put into the birthday fund regular buff bag while it all in over here three shows until the birthday the big extravagant birthday bash the beb is what it's been called i never i never agreed to that calling it that sources told me that this is what's happening joel the Can beb you, who are your sources i got multiple sources joel seems bad we got to talk to those sources until then i am actual pearl jlpel we'll be back on friday at 10 a.m eastern as we always do we'll be in the weeds we'll talk about a whole lot more wrestling because that's just what we do maybe even the weather maybe the weather the heat will break by then jeremy what's the weather like right now now it doesn't matter ladies gentlemen friends beyond the binary we'll see you on friday take care <laughs>